Hello, this is Richard Halpern, and this is the Cynical Bastard Podcast. Yes, I've been waiting to do this for a long time. I, I've, I'm the kind of person that, you know, my friends say, I have so many opinions. You're so opinionated. You think you know everything. You think you're right. And I go, I don't think I'm right. I'm just giving my opinion. I'm just saying what's on my mind. And I'm not saying I'm right. I am just telling you what I think is my right and if you have a point of view and you feel differently from what I'm thinking, then that's fine. That's okay. But don't sit there and think that I am the kind of person that just thinks he's right all the time. Now, if your opinion's kind of stupid, yeah, I may fight back a little bit, sometimes a lot of bit. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm the kind of person, if I'm dating someone and she says, uh, do I look fat in this dress? And if I think she looks fat in that dress, I'll say, yeah, you look fat in that dress. (laughs) I live here in Los Angeles. Um, I work in the film industry. I produce movies. I direct movies. I write movies. Um, And um, I love doing it. It's exciting. It's fun. But I also invent things. I also create things. I do podcasts. But before I got into the film business, one of my biggest claim to fame is I created a compact disc full of farts called pull my finger pull my finger cd sold several hundred thousand copies was all over the place with that thing got it got on the the view got on usa today got on playboy got on howard stern show ironically the the biggest place where i sold the cd was through the donny osmond show on television donny and marie (laughs) I mean, he played that on a show, and boom, that thing, that thing took off. We, we sold like 50,000 copies or so. Um, but, yeah, so, I'm, so I created all kinds of things, and I got things on my mind, and, and, I, and I needed an outlet to just let it all out, and here I am. And, I'm, you know, I love to talk about everything. You know, my, my podcast will be generally a potpourri of everything and anything in the pop culture especially. I'll get into some politics Religion, I try to stay away from, but you know, sometimes we'll go there. Sometimes I get triggered and I can't take it. I cannot take it. You know, if I hear the word Catholic Church, I lose my mind. So be best not to put in the comments anything about the Catholic Church because that will set me off. But you know, I love movies, love television, streaming. Oh my God, yeah, just I'm addicted to streaming. And if I get into a good show and I start watching it, and it, it, it's just something I can't stop watching. I will just keep rolling to the next episode, next episode. And all of a sudden, six hours have gone by. You know, people complain about three-hour movies, Scorsese's, Irishman's, three hours. And I go, so what? You sit back and you watch an eight-hour uh, streaming series. Bre- you know, Breaking Bad, is, season one, I think, is eight episodes. And so many people watched that. It was eight hours. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I tell people, if you're going to watch a three-hour Scorsese movie, watch it in three one-hour segments. That's what they did, um, The Hateful Eight, the Quentin Tarantino movie. That was three hours in the theater. And what did he smartly do? He took it and chopped it into four episodes and put it on HBO Max. So you can kind of digest it slowly. He actually added maybe 40 minutes to it, so it's an extended cut. It's pretty good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all about movies. I'm all about television. I'm into video games, too. I'm an older dude who likes video games, believe it or not. I'm a big Nintendo fanboy, been a fanboy since the early 80s and just love it to death. And you know, recently just played Pikmin 4, which is one of the greatest video games I've ever played in my life. You're all going, what the hell is he talking about? Who the hell is this guy? 
I just love video games, and I can get into that conversation too. I like theme parks. Big Disneyland fan. Love Disneyland. Love Disney World. Used to work at Disney World, by the way. Used to be, used to work in the Haunted Mansion. Yes, used to work there. It was a fantastic job. It was a great way to pick up girls. You didn't have to smile, but you could scare them. And even some, there was even some times where when the lights went dark and there was a girl in there that had your eye, to cut your eye, she'd sometimes try to kiss you or hug you inside that gallery that's stretching. I, I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. I've had that happen a, a couple times. And I, 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 I did not initiate it, did not instigate it. Yeah, I mean, maybe I gave her an eye, but didn't do anything. And that's a lot of trouble I can get you into. And I was, I, I would say it's me too before me too, but I didn't do anything. They did it. And did I go out with a couple of them? Yes. Sue me. It's, I was in a butler outfit. I was sexy looking. People liked me. Girls liked me. When I say girls, I mean over 18, I, I think. But, <laughs> I, I'm, I, okay. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so here I am. I'm doing this podcast. And, you know, I'll talk about everything and anything on this podcast. And one of the things, you know, I love, you know, I started talking about streaming series and um, Blackbird is fantastic, by the way. I just saw it on HBO Max. Six episodes. Uh, Taron Edgerton is the greatest. Loved him in Rocket Man, one of my favorite movies of all time. Played Elton John, fantastic. But I would heavily recommend, or highly recommend. Would I heavily recommend it? I don't know about that. But I would highly recommend Blackbird on HBO Max. And it's gotten great reviews. But be careful when you type it into Rotten Tomatoes, because sometimes... If you type it in as two words, I think, or one word, it gives you another blackbird. It's got 20% Rotten Tomatoes. But if you type it in as black bird, two separate words, it's got 98% Rotten Tomatoes. That means it's great. And, uh, yeah, so just look for the one with Taron Edgerton if you want to do some previewing on it before you go watching it. But, you know, speaking of previews, too, I hate trailers. I hate trailers to death they spoil they give things away ever since i've seen the free willy trailer i I, i'm done i mean the whole trailer that is a trailer that gave away the beginning middle and end of the movie at the end of the trailer of free willy they showed the whale escaping from the aquarium so what was the point of seeing the movie i mean that was one of the things i i just i i hate trailers trailers just give away things i you know, uh, 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 um, what was that movie? Um, uh, uh, well, Titanic is a movie that had, you know had had it had a sequence in there where he the the the, the, the horrible boyfriend is shooting at Kate Winslet with her with his gun. So when I'm watching the movie, I see Kate Winslet getting in the lifeboat, and I go, "Well, wait a second. I know she's going to get off that lifeboat and get back on the ship because they didn't have the scene with the guy, her boyfriend, shooting with a gun. So I just hate trailers. I hate trailers in general. J.J. Abrams hates trailers. Thank you, J.J. And they just give away way too much. So I'm the kind of person that stays completely away from trailers. And, you know, I'm so annoyed, you know, with HBO Max and all these other streaming things where they'll play a trailer by default. I mean, what the hell is that all about? I mean, you're watching this thing, and all of a sudden a trailer starts to roll, and you're like, stop, I'm trying to not know anything about the movie. And I don't even want to see the JPEGs that are 
giving you a tease about the episode you're about to watch. Stop it. Stop with the JPEG. Stop with the spoilers. Just stop telling me about anything. I don't want to know. I never want to know the title of the episode because sometimes the title even gives away. I don't, I don't even want to know how many episodes are in the series at times because that will tell you that it's coming to an end uh, or sometimes you may accidentally glance at episode 7 and you see a JPEG of one of the main characters and you, so you go to yourself, well, I know he's still alive because they showed a JPEG of that person there and it's just annoying, the whole thing. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I, 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 I just don't like spoilers. I, don't like tra- I, like, I like to go in fresh. All you got to do is tell me who's starring in a movie, uh, if the movie's got good reviews, and uh, maybe a poster, maybe a poster. But even then, I'm kind of like, mm, I need to step back a little bit and just, I just want to go see the movie. So I love going to see uh, uh, these series that are coming on streaming. And I have friends that just come to me and they say, hey, you, have you checked out so-and-so? I'm like, no, I haven't. And they start to tell me what it's about. I go, no, don't tell me what it's about. I don't want to know anything. You don't need to tell me. Just tell me to go see it. This goes back to, you know, go to a trailer on my mind here. I, I had this friend. He's kind of, kind of annoys me a lot, this, this friend. And him and I, we've in and out in our lives, you know, we're friends, we're not friends, we're friends, we're not friends, but he gets hyper annoyed very easily. But one time he's talking to me about um, the movie I was going to see, John Wick, the first one. And he goes to me, he goes casually, and by the way, I'm, I'm about to spoil a little bit of John Wick, so if you want to turn your, your, your pods off for about 10 seconds, do so. But he, he says to me, he goes... Yeah, the dog dies and, and John Wick. And, and I go, why did you tell me that? And he gets really angry at me. He goes, why, what do you care, man? Why, does that, why are you so trailer spoiler centric? And I go, I want to go in fresh. I don't want to know. Do you want me to tell you how a book ends? Do you want me to tell you who dies and lives? And then he goes, it went, he goes it's in the trailer. He says, in John Wick, the dog dies in the trailer. I go, I don't give a shit. I don't watch trailers. So stop telling me. What's in the trailer? I don't want to know. I don't want to know what's in a movie. I don't want to know anything. And then I go to see John Wick, and I'm watching, and I go, oh, I know they're going to kill his dog, and I know it's a big, you know, because I see that the wife sent them the dog, and I'm like, ah, oh, shit. The whole, like, half the movie was spoiled for me because of him, and I'm just so pissed off at that. And it's like, just stop spoiling things for other people. There are people that like to be spoiled. I don't understand. I don't understand the people that will watch scenes from upcoming next week's show, you know, when they have, they have like, you were watching episode two, and they'll show you scenes in episode three. Why? Why do you do that? Why don't you just wait? Wait for episode three. Like, why do you need to just be spoiled about the next episode and see it in erratic, choppy bits that are out of context versus just waiting for the show? I just simply do not get it. <sighs> okay, I got that off my chest. So now that we got that out of chest, let's talk about... Let's talk about, let's say I got all kinds of topics here. Ron DeSantis slaves. I'm looking at my list here. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that sometime. I, I'm not in a mood to start off the first show with that because it, it, we'll just go down a big rabbit hole. All I have to say is, you know, uh, George Washington. Why, you know, I, I agree with uh, the whole DeSantis thing, you know, his bullshit that he thinks that slavery, he's undermining the horrors of slavery. And I say, well, yes, we need to teach the horrors of slavery, but we also need to teach that George Washington and Thomas Jefferson were slave owners and they did horrible things to slaves and they tortured them and they kidnapped them and people just loved them and called them heroes and look at their forefathers, look at what they did and 
and in George Washington, uh, Revolutionary War, you know, but screw the fact that he had slaves, screw the fact that he kidnapped human beings, screw the fact that he tortured them, screw the fact that he had slaves, had hunters chase them down, uh, slaves, if they tried to escape. You don't even care about that. And you all go to, you all go to see Hamilton. Fuck Hamilton. I'm tired of that. You know, I mean, Hamilton, you're all like sitting there laughing and cheering George Washington and cheering and applauding Thomas Jefferson. But you just, you think he's great. You think it's, and, and they're being played by black people too, which is something that, that's crazy. I, I don't even get the twisted mentality to that. You know, you know, they, they you know, the, the Lin-Manuel Miranda makes them seem like, uh, heroes in this show, <laughs> but it's like, you know, when are we going to teach our kids that a lot of our forefathers were slave owners? Okay. I'm not going down this rabbit hole because I wanted to go off on a different topic, but we'll get to that. And we can, you can talk to me in chat or whatever like that. We can have conversations about that, but that pisses me off. Even, even Spike Lee's on my side. He sat there one time on CNN and goes, George Washington was a slave owner. God damn it. And I agree with him. Man, I want to make a movie at Spike Lee about George Washington. I want to show the other side of George Washington. So if anybody's got a script that shows the dark side of George Washington, slave owner side, please contact me. Send me an email, whatever like that. Let's make it. But I do have, I actually have a script that I'm working on that, that is really, really cool. And um, so, yeah, I'm excited. So, but let's talk about movies right now. Let's, have, let's, 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 let's focus a lot of this episode on movies. Let's start this first podcast off a little on the the cushy side, you know, like, you know, you could talk, everybody loves movies. Everybody loves uh, to go to a theater. I mean, now that COVID's over, people are returning to theaters in, in droves right now. It's crazy what's going on. And specifically, let's talk about what's been going on this week with this Barbie Oppenheimer thing. I mean, holy shit. What the hell is going on with the audiences and the box office grosses of these two movies it is absolute insanity now i went to see a double feature uh last week opening day i went to see oppenheimer first and then i went straight into barbie i went one two on a thursday night and both of the movies were pretty packed on a thursday night which is nuts opening it was it was the first week and it was crazy. It wasn't even the first week. It was the day before the, the official opening on Friday. And I have to say, that is just absolutely insane what's going on with this. Now, in my opinion, you know, when I give movie grades, and I won't spoil anything here about the movies. I may say some light things, um, but I'll, I'll try to be very respectful of spoiling things. But I will say Oppenheimer, for me, is a, a B plus. It's one of... Um, the overrated Christopher Nolan's better movies. You know, Christopher Nolan's so hit and miss. I mean, I think Dark Knight is one is a fantastic movie. Uh, but Dark Knight, let me make sure I get it right. Dark Knight Rises, right? That's the good one with Heath Ledger. Okay, because then there's like the Dark Knight Rises again, which I thought was shit. Hated that one with uh, uh, what's the guy? The, the, he had the he had the muzzle on his face. What the hell is that? Tom, uh, whatever. Ah, anyway, so. That movie sucked. I thought the first Batman was good, and then the second Batman, Dark, Dark Knight Rises, was great. But he's so hit and miss. Like, Interstellar is boring as hell. I walked out of it, and I was on an airplane. <laughs> I love that damn joke. Um, but no, I, I, I think that uh, Christopher Nolan, this is one of his better movies. He's pretty restrained. By the way, Tenet before this, ugh. I mean, it's not ugh. It's just mediocre. 
uh, and if I'm, I guess that I guess that does it for me in Hollywood. If I ever try to make a movie with Christopher Nolan, uh, please don't play this podcast for him, Christopher. I'm just being honest. Listen, I liked Oppenheimer, okay, Christopher. So, so I'm with you there. I really liked it. I thought it was brave. It was really good. And um, the only thing I didn't like about Oppenheimer, and this is a little bit of a spoiler, but I wish that they really showed the mechanics of going inside the Hiroshima plane. Uh, the plane that's going to bomb them and go into the whole technical thing, the setting up the bomb inside there and the actual dropping of the bomb and the planning and all that. They didn't do that. And I thought on a big IMAX screen that they were going to do that. And by the way, you don't need to see this movie on IMAX, even though Christopher Nolan says, see it on IMAX. It was shot on IMAX. See it on 65 millimeter. 65 millimeter is overrated, people. It is overrated. Just telling you right now, you don't need it. 4K projection is just fine. 35 millimeters, cool. You know, if you've got a 35-millimeter projection with good lamps, if you have an old projector with shitty lamps, forget it. You might, you might as well see it in 4K. Um, but I don't think you need to see this movie in IMAX at all. And I think that um, it's really good. I mean, it's, it's, it's restrained, but it's a really good story. It's a, it's a good, um, you know, it's a, a mostly talking heads kind of movie. I mean, there's little action in it. It's probably one of the most least action-filled uh, Christopher Nolan movies out there, but it's very well done, very well acted. I mean, Emily Blunt's fantastic, and Killian Murphy is great. It's Killian, by the way, not Cillian. Stop saying Cillian. It's Killian! And I need to see that Peaky Blinders thing that he does. I saw one episode, I was so, I'm sold, but I'm going to now invest more in, in, in Peaky Blinders. But that being said, I really enjoyed it. So I went to see that, and I was like, oh, that was really good. Stood, you know, you know nice little applause at the end. And then I ran over to Barbie. I had like a five-minute gap to run over to Barbie. And I ran into Barbie. And I was like, what the audience? Like people dressed in pink and all this, this crazy crap. And, you know, young people there. This is, it, and I watched this movie. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's, you know, for me, it's a B. I mean, a scale from A to F, I give it a B. And I'll go in degrees. You know, I, I said B plus for Oppenheimer, right? Yeah. So this is a B. And I thought it was fine. It was good. It wasn't difficult to watch. You know, there were some moments in there that was a little bit draggy. You know, I'd say in the later third, got kind of a little bit, uh, you know, eyes were getting a little tired, and that could be because I was seeing two movies back to back. But I um, enjoyed it. It was fun. It was a fun movie. And by the way, is that Ryan Gosling's real chest, or did they plastic it up a bit? I mean, I think I've seen videos of him working out to get a nice chest, but at the same time, it's like when his shirt's open, his chest has got a, a weirdness to it. It's got a like sort of a plasticky weirdness. And I'm wondering if they did something there to kind of make it, to give it that kind of look. It's kind of funny. But uh, yeah, Ryan Gosling's great. I mean, uh, he's, he's fantastic. Even um, Michael Sierra is great as a rejected Barbie doll or Ken doll, I think. Yeah, rejected Ken doll. And it was, it was a lot of fun moments in it. And it was, it was, it was really cool to see, too, how, um, how Mattel... Just let Greta Hartwig, Greta Hartwig, did I say her name? Yeah. (laughs) Let her go. They let her, they just let her create. And Noah Baumbach was great. Noah Baumbach usually does these dark, serious um, uh, indie films. I mean, Squid and the Whale. I mean, you want to be depressed? See that movie. It's a great movie, but man, it's pretty depressing. And then another depressing movie is Marriage Story. But yeah, Noah Baumbach just... Let's it loose. You know, he wrote the script with with Greta, and um, 
And I was really impressed by how Mattel, and even Universal for that matter, wait, let's make sure this is Universal. It is Universal, right? I think it's Universal. Ah, I don't know how to multitask yet. I need to be able to type on the internet while I'm, I'm, I'm talking, but I'll get there. But anyway, so they, this, this, they, they let them, you know, Mattel, let's just stay with Mattel. Mattel let Greta Hartwig just go crazy. <laughs> Did I say Hartwig? I have a friend named Christy Hartwig. I don't know if I should even say her name. Now I'm, now I'm sad. Um, Greta Harwig. What is her name? Greta. Now I'm going to go to the internet and just do this. What the hell? I've got a show that goes on forever. I'm going to make sure I'm saying her name right. Because if I don't say her name right, I'm going to sound like a real idiot. <laughs> Greta Gerwig. You dumb idiot. God. Okay. For now on. Oh, I am going to now officially use the internet before looking stupid when it comes to things I'm not sure about. It's Greta Gerwig. Jesus. By the way, when you type in Greta, what do you think is the second Greta and the third Greta to come up? I'll give you a couple seconds to guess. You type in Greta, you know how Google just comes up with the next and the second and the third? Okay, ready for the guess? Who said Greta Thunberg? You're wrong. She's third. Greta Van Fleet and then Greta Thunberg. Those are the top three Gretas in our life. But yeah, so, I mean, Greta uh, Gerwig... She did Lady Bird, which I think is great and a fantastic indie film. And she did Little Women, which I thought was really good. I'd never seen it. I didn't know the story, you know, and, and I, I enjoyed it. It was really, really well done. But the fact is, is that Mattel gave her the ability to make the movie that she wanted to make, which was fantastic. Like, I just thought that was, you know, they, they just... They didn't hold back. I mean, she, you know, I've seen interviews with her and she talked about notes and, you know, things that she got from them. But she did some, I'd say some ballsy things in this movie. And I really, oh, it's, it's Warner Brothers, by the way. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, Warner Brothers. Universal, you don't deserve it. You and your Fast and Furious bullshit can go straight to hell. Okay. Hate those movies. But, um, yeah. So anyway, so Warner Brothers. By the way, Warner Brothers is the edgier, gut ballsier uh, studio of all these studios. Like of all the big studios, I'd say Warner Brothers is probably the most indie studio of all the studios. They got a lot of cool movies that take chances and risks. In fact, there's a really cool Warner Brothers documentary on the on HBO Max. Well, now I need to drop the HBO and just say Max, um, and it's out there. And it's about Warner Brothers, and it's really cool. And how those brothers, those four brothers, really took risks and took chances. But uh but yeah, I'm I'm amazed. The point is, I'm amazed that Warner Brothers and especially Mattel, who I'm sure had some final say in what things could be said and what cannot be done. I am excited that they were give, gave the a Barbie doll, which is pretty much a toy doll that's used by tweens and young people everywhere. It's you know, it's it's you know, even seven, eight-year-olds play with it. I mean, you know, I've even played with a Barbie doll in my life. You know, yeah, I did, okay? So what are you going to do? Barbie and Ken. I mean, the things I did with it, though, you don't want to know. I mean, it's, well, maybe you do want to know. And maybe I still have some of that video remaining. And it's pretty good. It, just, it's, imagine, well, I'm not going to talk about, well, let's just say there was mayonnaise involved. That's all I'll say. Okay. But that being said, I am so happy that Warner Brothers and 
Universal gave them the freedom, gave Greta and Noah the freedom to make this movie, an uninhibited movie, and I think that's great. And now, saying that, I'm going to get to the whole big point of this with Oppenheimer and this box office craziness, but give me a moment to tangent. I tangent a lot. So, that being said, Disney, on the other hand, what the fuck is going on with Disney? And I'm talking about Disney movies. Disney movies have gotten so homogenized, so woke, so Me Too, such bullshit. I cannot take it anymore. The Little Mermaid live action is just a piece of crap. I mean, they just took this great fairy tale, and it's a fairy tale, people, so you don't have to think of it being literal. I mean... In the end, uh, yeah, it, it's. I mean, where's anybody complaining about in this fairy tale? In the actual fairy tale itself, there's a 16-year-old mermaid and a 20-something uh, prince, and they both get married, and I'm sure they fuck sometime in between all that. So nobody complains about that. Nobody says anything about that. But in this Little Mermaid, it's just I'm just annoyed. I'm just annoyed by the whole thing. I'm I'm just like the whole thing is just so. You know, the, the whole thing now being, it's not like kiss the girl. It's, 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 they took that out and now it's about she's not actively looking for a kiss and she's not actively looking for a prince and, and all this kind of PC bullshit. And they're changing lyrics and changing things. You know, Ursula's songs have changes to the lyrics. And, you know, I just Google it. I, I just, I'm, I'm tired of this crap. And, it, and, then, and then Snow White's coming out, a live action Snow White's coming out with the, uh, the girl from uh, West Side Story, um, beautiful girl. I forget her name, but she's she's coming out. Uh, she's coming out. And she's playing Snow White, and you know, listen, she's the the talent. You know, Rachel, not yeah, you know, Rachel Ziegler is her name. Um, by the way, there's Maddie Ziegler in West Side Story. So, well, how confusing that you know Ziegler and Ziegler. I wonder if they're semi related. But Snow White is this movie and the seven dwarfs by the way it is called snow white and the seven dwarfs the original fairy tale is called snow white and the seven dwarfs and the movie by walt disney that is his highest grossing animated film of all time is snow white and the seven dwarfs so now what did they do they hired a girl who is not white in a sense her skin is brownish. she's uh hispanic and it's a PC move, but she's a good actress, sure, and she's a good singer, sure. But the whole concept of Snow White is, even in the description of Snow White, her skin is as white as snow. So now we got a Snow White here that is not Snow White, literally. And that's a great use of the word literally. Tired of you people you overusing that damn word. But the, they took out the seven dwarfs in this new live action thing coming out. I'm like, what the hell is that shit? Are you kidding me? So seven great dwarf actors who are dying for a gig in Hollywood are now not allowed to be in seven, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And I'm going to say dwarf because, you know, I'm, I'm tired. I, I, I'm not at this whole PC thing. Dwarf's a cute little word. It's not, Some little people don't mind. A lot of little people don't mind the use of the word dwarf. They think it's cute, it's endearing, and that kind of thing. And there's a lot to do. So what am I supposed to do? Think every single time? Little people? I'm supposed to say midget? Little people? Think. I'm tired of thinking. Stop it. Retarded. Okay, I said it. I'm tired of it. Let me be free and stop with the overdoing of this PC crap. And stop it. Just 
let us be natural and free when it comes to what's on our mind and how we can speak. So this Snow White thing is now, it's like not the dwarfs anymore. It is seven magical creatures. Can you believe this shit? And not only that, there are seven characters of different ethnicities. It's insane. It's the, you talk about the height of, of, of I, I guess wokeness is an overused word, but, the, you know, this whole diversification thing, I'm so tired of it. And, and you got to stop it. Now, Barbie, on the other hand, has diversif- diversification in it, but they make fun of it. They make fun of black Barbies and Asian Barbies and ugly Barbies and pregnant Barbies. I love it. They go all out, and that's fantastic. But this stupid thing, taking out the seven dwarfs, I mean, there's this great interview. If you, if you go to YouTube and you Google um, Piers Morgan and Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, there's an interview with this uh, great dwarf actor, and he says dwarf, and he's cool with it, and, and he's on Piers' side. And, he's, and there's also this other idiot guy that's against them, and they're fighting, and it's great. Um, but it's so, it's such a great interview, but it's, I'm so annoyed with the PC that's going on with that. You got Snow White PC, you got dumb little mermaid, you know, at the end of the movie, they have this dumb shot of, of, of the father, King Triton's family. And, and, and he's got, and it's like 70 people on the screen and they're all diversified, you know, diversified. And I'm like, who is this, who's King Triton fucking? I mean, what's going on here? I mean, how did... I don't understand even the math of how he's got Asian and black and, you know, Indian and everything. I don't get it. I, I, I just don't get it. I mean, are they, are they supposed to be eggs that hatch or something? I simply just don't get it, okay? And I'm just tired of it. And it just it waters the movies down. And then you have the other movies that are just ridiculous bullshit movies when it comes to this diversification. There was this... Um, Pinocchio, not the Guillermo del Toro version, which was fantastic. There was a Robert Zemeckis version, which was just plain bullshit. Um, and I'm, you know, it, it just I'm tired of, of of these these movies that are just these live action movies being turned into these uh, watered down woke crappy things. Man, I'm just. You got to stop at Disney. You got to stop. There's another one too. I'm just trying to think. Another live action. I mean, Lion King sort of had that, but there's something recently, and my mind is, I'm, I'm losing my mind here. There's a, let's see, there's Pinocchio, Little Mermaid, um, uh, Snow White. Uh, okay, yeah, there's one more. It'll come to my mind here. But there's all these movies, and, and I'm tired of the, this, this, you know, D- Disney not taking chances, and it makes for. Uh, programming that just seems so stale. Like I'm watching this stuff and I'm like, oh my God, this is just so like, I have no desire to watch these things because they're just, they have no heart. They have no soul. They have no edge. And and and, and, and you got to stop it, Disney. Just stop it. Just let it go. Let it go. And in, in, in fact, there was a movie that did have some edge, Frozen. I mean, and they should literally use the term, let it go. God damn it. If I, I'm going to, I'm going to start paying people money every time I use the word literally. I fucking hate that word. But there's a movie, Frozen, that is outside the box, and it has some edge to it. You know, and I, and I, I enjoyed that Disney had some gonads to, to make that movie. You know, now if you just let Elsa become a lesbian, that would be the most fantastic thing ever. That You know, have, be, ball, be ballsy and let that, let that part of it go, and that would be one of the greatest things. 
But yeah, so, you know, Barbie had these elements to it that I think made it enjoyable for me and it gave it some edge. You know, it's still a B for me. It's like there's things that I just don't think was perfect, but I'll probably see it again. You know, now it's one of those movies I told my friends, it's, it's, a, it's a good background movie. Like background meaning you can have it on in the background and no matter where it is in the movie, you could start it anywhere and you can watch it and get back to that point and the movie is just one complete loop and it works anywhere it is. And you can look up, you can look down, you can multitask, you can chop veggies, you can do whatever you want. It's fantastic. It's, it's, it's great. And, and one of the original uh, movies that was a background movie for me is Grease. Like anytime Grease is on, I challenge anybody. When Grease is on, you turn that TV sign on, you see Grease, you see a moment from Grease, you cannot stop looking at it. You love it. It's addicting. And that's, that's what this, this movie's got that kind of thing to it where it has so many fast-moving parts in it that you're going to want to look at it and like watch it and smile and laugh. And, and it's going to be a party thing. And it's going to be drinking games. And everything's going to be made out of this Barbie movie. So now that being said, the biggest point here, the bigger point of all of this is this crazy box office that is going on. And now this is the show I'm doing here is... Pretty much um, July 31st, 2023. So I'm sorry if you listen to this 10 years from now. People, 10 years from now, you're listening to this. Yes, this is what we sounded like 10 years ago. And this is what we talked about. You believe this shit? Well, anyway. Um, so when this, these movies have made, let's see, Barbie's at around close to $800 million worldwide and it's barely been out two weeks that is fucking insane that is like avatar i think is the highest grossing movie of all time at maybe 2.7 billion i don't know if this can get there but it could you know that kind of start it has a shot i mean avatar yeah, Avatar 1 was 2.9 billion and Avatar 2 is 2.3 billion and uh which is crazy but this I don't think those movies started that fast. I don't think they started that fast when it, coming out of the box office. So Barbie has got a chance to go absolutely bananas and I think you know people are just pissed off with the whole covid thing. They just want to get the hell out. Fucking just to let you know there's a a cockroach crawling down the boom arm of a microphone here god damn it anyway it's gonna do a a papillon and grab it and eat it for you live on the radio podcast radio whatever the hell this is papillon what the hell is he talking about yeah go look it up it's a great movie dustin hoffman but that being said this movie is has got legs and then on top of it you know barbie does it does have legs too isn't that kind of cute it's got a lot of legs. Barbie's got some legs. Yeah, she's hot. Margot Robbie. Wow. I mean, she's. It's funny. Margot Robbie has gone from like a box office bomb to a box office smash. Did anybody see her original movie this year? Um, which I I enjoyed. It's still good. It's from the director of La La Land. You know, it's, it's um, Babylon. And I enjoyed it, but it's crazy. It's just crazy shit. It is absolutely bonkers. But that is pretty much a box office bomb. Just didn't do much at the box office. And then she comes back with Barbie. And now the number one movie of the year. No doubt will be the number one movie of the year. Super Mario Brothers. 
did over a billion, but I think that's last year, right? That'll be last year's box office. Yeah, I'm, but uh, maybe no, maybe it's after. Huh. Yeah. Okay. But that being said, it's crazy. And then Oppenheimer on top of it, like here's a historical movie, a historical movie. Like movies usually like this don't do big box office. But you have this mystique behind this movie. They're, these Both of these movies are sort of like channeling each other and funneling each other. You know, you've got the you know, smart intellects that are going into the, the Oppenheimer movie. And you've got the you know, free-spirited, nitwitty kind of don't want to think too hard at my movie, movie people going to see Barbie. And it's just this great mix of two movies that are just smashing box office records. And when I say box office records, I'm saying that these are two movies that have the highest combined box office of all time um, of the first of, of two movies together. So these movies grossed incredible amounts of money in the first week and the second week. And, they, and that is a record of what they're pulling off. And, I mean, Oppenheimer, yes, it helps. Christopher Nolan does help. And he's got that. He's got his fan base. He's got his fanboys that just, like, Christopher Nolan could do no wrong. And I'm like, ah, bullshit. You know, but, you know, he's, he's, got, he's, had some, he's had some great films. And he's had some mediocre films. And he's had some meh films. I mean, you know, let's go Interstellar, Interstellar Bora, call it. Dunkirk was pretty good. You know, I thought that was about a B. Um, Memento's great movie. I haven't seen, I got a friend who's like, Richard, you got to go see Following. It's fantastic. And that's his first movie, 1998. So I got to see that. And I'm going to see that. That's up next. And then uh, Dark Knight Rises is fantastic. Like, I'm like, hold on a second. Goddamn fucking roach. Got him. What the hell's going on here, man? <clears throat> that was tasty. You know, Papillon did it to survive. I do it for clicks. <laughs> he also did Insomnia. I liked Insomnia. Insomnia was really good. Um, but yeah, so um, this is crazy box office. These two movies are just absolute... Barn busters. Barn busters. Holy shit, man. Did I just say that? I need a cooler word. These two movies are sick. There we go. They're sick. They're dope, man. Jesus. What is with these kids today and sick and dope? Where the hell did that start from? And you know in about three years they're not gonna those words are not gonna be used anymore. They're gonna be come on to something new and then we'll come back to them and they'll say, Remember when you used to say sick and dope, dumb idiots? You know, it's kind of like back in the day, like far out. That was a big thing. You know, that was the cool thing. And then there was, um, uh, what was, what, 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 what is, uh, uh, all righty then. Okay. That was, that was a, that was a, that was a big little hit thing. And, uh, what was the one, what was the one for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Cowabunga. Eh. God, speaking of which, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie Man, shit, I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes score. It's like 98%. I'm like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? I mean, that movie, I, 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 didn't, I don't care to see a Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles movie. And the last one kind of tanked. I think it was from the, the Michael Bay production company, I, I think. But this new one's getting some great reviews. Yeah, and I'm just excited about, um, you know, the box office, the, the big bonanza that's going on with... Um, 
these two movies. It's just, it's great. It's refreshing. And it's nice to see audiences coming back. I'm a Regal card holder. Uh, I have the Regal Pass. And I can pretty much get in and see any movie at any time. Um, so I love going to see, I, I see at least two movies a week. And a lot of times I'll see a double feature. It's kind of cool too. I saw Tom Cruise in an interview and he goes, this is Tom Cruise, by the way, saying, and I, I love this. He goes, sometimes I plan my Saturday to go to a theater and watch three or four movies back to back to back to back. And I'm like, holy shit, Tom Cruise does that? He goes, I love to see it in the theater and I love to see it with the audience. And I'm like, wow, that's super cool. Because I love seeing movies too. And I actually like to see two movies in a day. Sometimes I've done a triple feature. I've done a tri- I have done five movies in a row one time, by the way. I have done, one time I was waiting for a friend and I didn't have the keys to the apartment or whatever. And I was just new to Los Angeles. And I watched five movies back to back. And I did cinema hopping. I didn't have a Regal Pass back then. It was 1999, I believe it was. And I just hopped from one cinema to the other, you know, like a lot of, a lot of kids do. Even to today, it's still easy to cinema hop, by the way. It's easy to just jump, jump, jump. Even though I got the Regal Pass, so I could just jump all I want anyway. I could jump three times legally. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I've done five in a day. That's my record. And I, yeah, you know, it, it, funny. I used to, I did, I did, <laughs> as a kid, I loved the movie Carrie, the Brian De Palma version. Every other version sucks. Okay, let's start with that. Don't give me that version with that little whiny blonde girl. What's her name? That, that. Yeah, well, she's good. Good actress. I can't remember which version she was in. She was in a version a few years ago, and um, and I, you know, I love the Brian De Palma version. But the 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 newer versions that have come out, there's the one. So there's the one in 2013 that came out, and the one in 2013, you know, it's got Chloe Grace Moritz, who you know, you know, carries about this like shy girl that everybody beats on and bullies at school and everything like that. And you're going to tell me that the really beautiful, and now I can say hot and sexy because she's over 18, Chloe Grace Moritz is going to get bullied and ridiculed in high school. That is the biggest bunch of shit I've ever seen. And I watched that movie and I was so infuriated. But the original Carrie is great. And the point I'm trying to get to is the Ryan the Palmer version has a great ending to it. And if you go up on YouTube and just look at the ending, look at the, like the last two minutes of Carrie, it has got this ending. I want to spoil it for you. Where somebody is, um, Carrie's walking to the grave tombstone of, of, of a friend. And she puts some flowers up on the tombstone. And then as she goes to do that, a hand comes out of the grave and grabs Carrie and then Carrie wakes up out of a dream and the, and they have a jump scare music sting and and the audience freaks out. And the point is, when I was a kid, I used to love to just go and watch that movie again and again and again. And I think I saw it five times in a row just to see that ending. I was sitting there rubbing my hands together. I said, I can't wait to see these fucking people jump. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. It was that was that was the heyday of movies where the theater, the audience would just jump and scare. I love that ending. And if anybody has some movies that you can think about that have great jump scares in it, that were memorable kind of things, that were uh, things that you can remember audiences freaking out, let me know. I mean, The Exorcist, you know, is, is the the king of all that. I was ten years fucking old when I saw The Exorcist for the first time. My father let me go see The Exorcist. And on top of this, just my, my parents are pretty normal. I mean, they're dead now, but they weren't bad, rednecky kind of parents. They were professionals and everything. But my father, and I think about this in hindsight, he dropped me off at the theater 
And then he went shopping at some high-fidelity store or whatever, in mall, whatever, and then he came back and picked me up. Can you believe that shit? I watched The Exorcist by myself at 10 years old in a theater. I mean, holy shit. And I will say that one time as an 11-year-old, I was molested in a theater. That's another topic. If you give me enough comments down below or anywhere this podcast is, I will talk about that story one day, but bottom line is, parents, don't let your fucking small children go out to movies by themselves. What the, who the, what the, are you fucking crazy? What the hell is that shit all about? But anyway, so yeah, so I saw Carrie many times, and that was great, and I, you know, I love, I, I, I guess my, my point is, what was my point? We're talking about movies, talking about love movies, talking about movies, seeing them again and again and again. Regal Pass, how many times I can use it? Yeah. Yeah, I love movies. I love seeing movies. I love, love, love to go to the theatrical experience. One of the, I love the 40X experience. I don't know if you've ever done the 40X one, but that's the one where you get in the seats and the seats move and there's wind and there's water and there's actual seatbelts on the seats and there's smells and there's shaking and there's stabbing. I mean, I saw a scream in 40X and there's a stab. When someone gets stabbed on the thing, there's a thing that stabs you in the back. It's crazy. Fucking crazy. They also use that for punches too. So with those punches, you get those, those hits with the punch. Anyway, 40X is fantastic. So I love the cinema experience. I love going to the theater. I do. I will watch movies at home. Don't get me wrong. You know, COVID, that was the greatest thing in the world. I mean, especially HBO Max. Uh, allowing the, you know, first-run movies, you know, like West Side. Well, West Side Story didn't make it there, but uh, uh, In the Heights. In the Heights got the shaft because In the Heights was, was great. Um, great movie, but I saw it on, at home, and, and it, it got the shaft at the Oscars and everything. It's a really good movie. It got great reviews, but just didn't go anywhere. Uh, but, yeah, I just love talking about movies. I love talking about series. I love talking about television. I love talking about all kinds of things, politics, religion, Every single thing here, I am a wide open book. We can talk about everything and anything. And you can drop comments anywhere you see me, um, anywhere you hear me. Well, you're not seeing me yet, but I'm thinking about going to video on this. And I got to do some investigating to see if it's a you know big thing that I got to do with YouTube. But the whole thing with not doing a YouTube, the beautiful thing about this is like I can do this completely naked. Like right now, I'm pretty much naked. And I'm not looking very pretty right now. And I don't think I've taken a bath in like 36 hours. Shower, not a bath. It takes baths anymore. I did take a bath in a beautiful suite in Vegas last week. It was pretty cool. Thank you, James. Good friend, James. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I um, love just being able to sit down at this microphone and jump on and do this whenever I want to and not have to worry about video. But I think I am going to eventually set up video. If you want to see what I look like and, what, uh, and, and you know, and, and pretty much like, um, you know, more personal experience. Maybe you've actually seen my face. I will be doing that, I think, soon. Give me a chance to get that together. Um, but I am excited to be doing this and sharing this with all of you. And I am here to talk about everything and anything. And by the way, I may do some, I do a little thing I, I wrote a book by the way it's called get out now and it's pretty much a book it, it's it's a it's a book that are just quick tips on if you experience something between the person that you're dating and it's goes the polar opposite to what you are then get out now for instance if one of you loves sushi and the other one doesn't get out now seriously 
if one of you, this is a big one, and there's only a few movies that fall into this pinnacle thing that I'm about to say. If you're dating somebody and you love Back to the Future and they hate Back to the Future, get out now. It is not going to work. So but pretty much I'm saving time. I'll save you time. And I do, I do this, this thing sometimes where I, I, I'm known to a, a, several friends to just talk them out of bad relationships. You know, if they're in a relationship that is absolutely going nowhere, they've done counseling, which is pretty much bullshit anyway, but they've done it all. And they have absolutely no desire to be in this relationship, but they keep staying in because of security, because they don't want to die alone. Big bullshit. You're not going to die alone. You got a lot of friends. You'll find, you have a, get a dog if you don't want to die alone. He'll die with you. I mean, but if you, if you want to, um, uh, you know, if, if you want to, you know, just talk about a relationship that you're trying to get out of, like, I may be able to give you tips if you want to write up a commentary about the relationship you're in and you need help from me to help you get out now. Put that in the, put that shit, write up the whole detail and put it in the comments or send me a personal thing. Send me a personal email if you want in the, in the YouTube thing. I'll leave that open. You can send me personal emails. And I can tell you how to get the fuck out of a relationship if you want me to really help you get out. Now, without, you don't want to do anything stupid. You don't want to, you know, kill anybody you don't want to hurt anybody you just want to have the power and desire to do it and i've done it i've had several friends do it and i've had one that she is so like so she's a high school one person she went to elementary school with and she married a wrong person she said it's boring it's stale she's got two kids with him i think two or maybe three and then i posted up on her facebook i said hey if you really think it's empty and you think it's soulless and you think you shouldn't be in it anymore get out now and she did it, and she called me. She goes, oh, my God, and she goes, thank you. You're my rocket, the person who pushed me over the edge. And there are so many people out there. There are so many people out there that don't have the strength to just leave. You feel like some of you feel like you've got to stay in it just to because that's what society says. You're, you know, a lot of you are settling. There's a lot of people that have happy relationships. Don't get me wrong. I'm not putting that down. That's fine. But there are a lot of people that are in bad relationships or in boring relationships that are in relationships that are like, what are my, what am I doing? And a lot of, a lot of times they'll, you know, I saw this comic strip one time and it made me laugh. It was this guy giving a girl a ring <laughs> and in the comic, you know, he's giving her the ring and she goes, well, I guess, okay, until somebody better comes along. <laughs> I mean, so many of you people use these relationships as a stopgap for the next relationship. You're not even into this relationship anymore, but you're staying in it because, yeah, I don't want to be alone, and he's or she is spending money on me, and yeah, occasional sex. Yeah, and, and by the way, you have that occasional sex. I know so many people, I mean, ridiculous amounts of people that have had that occasional sex, and they want to get out of the relationship. They cried to me, they said, I want to get out, and they got person pregnant. I know at least a dozen of those in my life where the person had sex with somebody, but they knew it was over. But they still had sex with them, and they still had a baby with them. Unfucking believable. I mean, people. If there's anything that is the greatest contraceptive, the greatest birth control, that is somebody that you don't really want to be with. Somebody you want to get out now. If you don't want to be with somebody anymore, take your pull your pants back up and do not have sex. Do not have sex with this person anymore. I mean. If you got to make out or something, it's fine. But don't 
penetrate. Don't do it. Your, your life is over if you have a kid with this person that you can't stand. You're just, don't do it. Especially if you're young. Jesus Christ, and you people 19, 20, 21 years old, falling in love with your high school sweetheart and staying with them, and that's it. You know, and I'm like, what the hell, people? Just go out and see the world. See, you're, I'm telling you, the person that you are now at, at that age, you're not going to be that way when you're 26 and 27. So go out, see the world, travel, date, have a lot of sex, have a lot of dating. You know, the friends, look at the friends on the TV show Friends. They all didn't just fall in love and get married. They eventually did after like eight, nine years as the series went on. But they fucking went out and they met people and they dated and they, they broke up and they, you know, they didn't get married, you know, I guess until, like I said, close to the end. But still, follow their leads, man, and take it easy. Just slow down. But we can get into that too. We can get into some get out now stuff. So this is my pretty much my first hour with you all, and I'm thinking I'm gonna I think I'm gonna do this an hour at a time, and I and I enjoy doing this. This is my first one, and I it's it was, it was a good time. It was fun, and I I feel therapeutic. I feel like that was like something I need to get off my chest, and it actually expands the brain. And I just got to get some things together here a little better when it comes to my setup. You know, and if I do video, I can also use the internet and I can point out some things on the internet while, and I can put them on the screen. I got to figure out all that kind of technical bullshit. But I just want to at least do this first show to see that if I can actually do a show and I am excited to bring you more. And if you want to see more, let me know what you liked. Let me know what you didn't like. Don't worry about it. I won't. Be honest with me. I, like I said, if you think I sucked, Say it and tell us why. Don't just say he sucked just for the sake of sex. Don't say, like, yeah, he said something about Ron DeSantis. Fuck him. No, don't do that. No, you know, I'm Catholic. How dare you say what? Dudes, I mean, I'm going to say that because, you know, the Catholic Church cover up the rape of over a million children. So I'm going to fucking say that. Okay? You know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be, I am going to be blunt and honest and I'm going to stop holding back when it comes to, well, I don't hold back in real life, but. I am not going to hold back when it comes to things that are uh, controversial, should I say. I'm just going to let it all out. So, yeah, that was my first hour. I'm excited to be here. And if you like what you heard, please, the biggest thing here is subscribe. I need you to subscribe. I need you to hit that button that below, subscribe. Please forward this to other people. Let other people know. And if this is not on YouTube and if it's on Apple Podcasts, I guess you could subscribe there too. Yeah. So whatever it takes, just build my subscription base because if I can get to 1,000 and it opens up a whole bunch of different things, a whole bunch of different types of cool things with YouTube and other things where I can expand my, um, my studio usage set should I say, that I can use to give you a better show. Okay, fantastic. By the way, let me know how the audio sounds. I, I'm thinking about getting a better mic, uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, as this thing expands, I'll get better. Things will get better. And I hope that you had a really, really good time with this podcast. And please let me know what you like, what you didn't like. And listen, have a great week and enjoy the world. Go out and have a good time and don't be an asshole. Take care.